in Discovery, the downtown L.A. hotel, police say the body found in a hotel water tank is that of a 21-year-old Canadian tourist, Elisa Lam. KTLA's Eric Spillman joins us live now from downtown L.A. with the latest on her mysterious death. Good morning. Hi, Megan. I just got off the phone with the coroner's office, and they're talking about performing an autopsy on the body, perhaps as soon as tomorrow. The cause of death is going to be an important piece of the puzzle here. What a bizarre discovery it was yesterday. Let me show you some pictures of firefighters on the roof here of the Cecil Hotel. The body was found in a large water tank on the rooftop. People staying at the hotel complained of low water pressure, so a maintenance worker went up to check. He found the naked body of a woman in her 20s at the bottom of one of the tanks. Firefighters had to use a saw to cut a hole in the tank, drain the water out, and remove the body. Now, they've identified her as 21-year-old... The mysterious death Lisa of Elisa Lam would be a story that would forever spark debate among millions who heard her tragic tale. To this day, no one is really sure as to why or how Elisa Lam died the way she did. Welcome to Strange Talk. I'm your host, Ernie A., and today's tale is the mysterious death of Elisa Lam. Welcome to Strange Talk. Elisa Lam was a student at the University of British Columbia and the daughter of emigrants from Hong Kong who had just opened a restaurant in Barnaby, just outside of Vancouver, Canada. Elisa, traveling alone, decided to visit Los Angeles and did so by way of Amtrak and inner-city buses. She first visited the San Diego Zoo and posted photos to her social media account, and on January 26th, Lam arrived in Los Angeles. After about two days, she checked into the Cecil Hotel, near downtown Skid Row. While staying at the Cecil Hotel, Lam was assigned a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. However, her roommates had complained about her certain odd behavior and she was moved to a room of her own after just two days. Lam was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. She had been prescribed four medications to treat her disorders and according to her family, she had never showed signs of suicidal tendencies. She did however have an incident before with her family reporting her missing for a brief period but was later discovered staying with a friend. Elisa's family wanted to keep their daughter's mental illness a secret. Elisa Lam's family may have wanted to keep their daughter's struggle with mental illness a secret, but Elisa found it easier to cope with her struggle by way of blogging. She had a blog on blogspot.com called The Etherfields. The blog consisted of her documenting her life and her struggle with mental illness. In a blog post back in January of 2012, Elisa explained that she had a relapse of some sort at the start of that current school term and it had forced her to drop several classes, leaving in her words feeling so utterly directionless and lost. The title of that post was, You're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life, which was a quote from Chuck Palahniuk, the author of Fight Club. In her blog, she also described how worried she was from withdrawing from so many classes and that the school would not let her continue her studies and she'd be forced to leave. After two years, Elisa would post one last time, stating that she would no longer continue blogging as she is leaving for the site for another, which was Tumblr. Lam would constantly keep in touch with her parents while traveling, 
On January 31st, 2013, the day she was supposed to check out of the Cecil Hotel and leave for Santa Cruz, Lamb's parents did not hear from her, so they called the Los Angeles police. Her family flew to Los Angeles in hopes of helping in the search for their daughter. Hotel staff, who had seen Lamb before her disappearance, said that she was alone. Outside the hotel, the manager of a nearby bookstore was the only person who recalled seeing Lamb the day before she disappeared. She stated that Lamb was outgoing, very lively and friendly, while getting gifts to take home to her family. Police had conducted a search of the Cecil Hotel to the extent that they legally could. They searched Lamb's room and had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop, but the canines were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. Later, Sergeant Rudy Lopez explained that the police force did not search every room in the hotel and could only search rooms if they had probable cause to do so. On February 6th, just a week after Lamb had been last seen, the LAPD decided more help was needed. Flyers with Lamb's image were posted in nearby neighborhoods and online. It brought the case to the public's attention through the media. Have you ever wondered if you had what it takes to track down a killer? If so, then why not head over to killertrace.com forward slash trains talk podcast 2088, where you can subscribe to see if you can track down a serial killer. Killer Trace is a monthly subscription-based box where you'll receive a case file, crime scene pictures, and evidence for further analysis. What sets Killer Trace apart from similar products is its unique case management system, where you can send and request virtual evidence and DNA testing. Even discuss your case with other Killer Trace members to track down the killer. Again, that's killertrace.com forward slash strange talk podcast 2088. Use my URL code, which you can find in the episode description. The LAPD, having no success in the search for Lamb, released a video to the public of her last known sighting in hopes that it would help in their search. The video was taken from the Cecil's elevator surveillance camera. The video garnered a lot of attention due to Lamb's odd behavior. In the video, Lamb could be seen entering the elevator in a red zipped up hoodie sweatshirt with black shorts and sandals, heading towards the control panel, and presses several buttons, then steps back to the corner. After a few seconds, the elevator doors fail to close. She steps up to it, leans forward so her head is through the door, and begins to look in both directions as if she's being followed. She then quickly steps back in, backing up to the wall and then into the corner near the control panel. Lam then turns to her right and begins rubbing her forearms together, then waves her hands out to her sides with palms flat and fingers outstretched, while bowing forward slightly and rocking gently. This can all be seen through the door, which remains open. After, she backs to the wall again and walks away to the left down the hallway. The elevator doors finally close. Although the LAPD hoped that they would find some answers by sharing this video, it raised more questions. During their search for Elisa Lam, guests at the Cecil Hotel began complaining about low water pressure. Some even said that their water coming from the faucets was colored black and had an unusual taste. Then on the morning of February 19th, Lamb's body was discovered in one of the four water tanks atop the Cecil Hotel. The tank was drained and cut open to allow access for firefighters to bring in equipment needed to remove Lamb's body. Lamb's body was found completely naked and moderately decomposed and bloated. Her skin was mostly greenish, 
with some marbling evident on the abdomen and her skin was beginning to separate from her muscle. There was no evidence of physical trauma or sexual assault, as well as no sign of suicide. On February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner's office issued a finding into the cause of death for Elisa Lam. They stated that her death was caused by accidental drowning, with her bipolar disorder being a significant factor in her death. Toxology tests were conducted, but were considered incomplete due to her body having insufficient amount of preserved blood, but showed traces of a consistent with prescription medication found among her belongings. After the investigation into Elisa Lam's death, it sparked many debates as to what really did happen to Lam. Many believe that the coroner's report offers an explanation into her cause of death, but not to how she even came to be in the water tank in the first place. Many videos surfaced, trying to piece together an explanation as to how she could have gotten access to the rooftop. A video from a Chinese user visiting the Cecil Hotel was uploaded to show how Lisa could have gotten access to the rooftop by way of the fire escape and was easily accessible even showing the tank's hatches to be opened. The dark history of the Cecil Hotel was also considered as a way to explain Lam's death, as if she was possessed by the dark energy that inhabits the hotel. For example, there have been many suicides that have occurred at the hotel. In one suicide, a person had leapt from the highest floor and landed on a pedestrian, killing them both. Serial killers Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and Jack Unterweger had been known to stay at the Cecil while still being active in their killings. Others were quick to point out the fact that the search dogs were on the rooftop. How could the dogs not sense lamb? Police were quick to say that the dogs did not search near the water tanks. Since Lamb's death, there have been many theories surrounding her strange death, with many believing she was murdered and there was a possible cover-up, and one such theory would suggest the coroner had originally deemed Lamb's death as unknown, as the documents were leaked showing that they had originally marked a checkbox next to cause of death, and unknown was marked, but a week later it was marked as accident. The Los Angeles coroner's office explained that it was simply a mistake and they had corrected it a week later. Elisa Lam's strange death is cemented in history and in pop culture. Her story is something that will live on and in a sense she will be immortalized. Despite the debates and theories, the sad truth is we still don't know the answer to how, and her death would be a source of fascination and speculation for years to come. So that was the story of Elisa Lam. Um, her story has sparked a lot of controversy and debate among. The, I didn't really mention it in the actual recording, but people actually believe there are some people who speculate that she might have been possessed by a demon. But um, if you've listened to my previous episodes before, you know that I'm a pretty big skeptic when it comes to being possessed by the devil. I think uh, the person who claims that they are possessed by a demon or the devil is probably just mentally unstable and they have something wrong with them. <laughs> um, but if you believe in that, you're free to believe whatever you want to believe. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just simply here to give my take on the situation. And you're probably wondering why there's a different song playing right now. Um, I recently found this band and um, I just have to, I mean, I can't, I, I fell in love with them instantly. I love them. They remind me of music that would be featured in Quentin Tarantino's films, which, if you know me, 
Um, in real life, I'm a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino. Um, when I was studying to be a director, when I was going to film school, I always my dream was to eventually make a film with Quentin Tarantino. So Quentin Tarantino, if you hear me, um, if you happen to listen to this episode, uh, what's up? <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> but anyways, so um, if uh, I'm going to be posting the elevator video on my Instagram. So if you happen to listen to this episode before you actually see my Instagram, or if you're new and you don't know about my Instagram, but on my Instagram, you'll usually find updates that I'm, you know, I'm constantly posting on there. Uh, so if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at Strange Talk Podcast. If you want to email me a topic, if you want to email me an idea, that's you can email me at Strange Talk Podcast at Outlook.com. Um, so anyways, back to the band. Uh, the band's name, they're a Russian band, actually, and their name is Messer Chups. That's M-E-S-S-E-R-C-H-U-P-S. Uh, and I actually just, I fell in love with the band right away. I thought they were amazing. I, I just love that feel that they have. I <laughs> I love this type of music. So if you enjoy this type of music, why not Google them? Give them a, um, you know, give them a listen. Um, also, my birthday is going to be coming up on the 20th of November. So I will probably be busy doing something. If not, because I'm pretty introverted, I probably won't go anywhere. I probably will cancel my plans and everything. I just got a text from my sister who's ruining (laughs) the podcast. I'm just joking. But uh, so hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, If you want to go ahead and reach me, you can do so at strangetalkpodcast.outlook.com. That's my email. Or if you want to follow me, and if you're not following me already, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and send me a DM through there. Maybe some birthday wishes, maybe. Uh, You can do so at strangetalkpodcasts. As always... Stay strange. So that was the re-edited version. If you made it to this point of the episode, I made a huge mistake. I re-uploaded two sets of audio back to back. So, you know, a, a lot of listeners were say like, hey, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, one was actually pretty rude, but I won't name names. Uh, they said that, that you should really uh, check your shit before you put it out there. Which is true, I should have, but, you know, sometimes you get so used to doing it that you think, you know, you do it perfectly every time. So that was my mistake, but this is the re-edited version, and so hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And I'm re-adding another segment, which is the one you're listening to at this very moment, because before I uploaded the episode, I didn't know about um, today's tragic day, but... um, for those of you that don't know, Stan Lee, one of the co-creators of Marvel, passed away. And I'm not going to lie, it kind of affected me in a big way. I think it partly stems from the passing of my father, which was a couple of months ago. Uh, he passed away. And I think it's just, it, it's it's crazy because I don't want to sound like, it's not pathetic. It's not because Stan Lee is a person who created so many like, I, I can't even find the ways to express how I feel. But Stanley is responsible for basically just creating my childhood. I grew up reading comics. I grew up reading Marvel comics, specifically Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America. I had quite a co- collection of, of comics. And I'm not going to lie, it kind of did affect me. I kind of teared up a little bit because it felt like a part of my childhood, you know, passed, passed away. 
So I just want to say thank you, Stan Lee, for creating my childhood. Uh, rest in peace. Gone, but never forgotten. Thank you for, today, for listening to today's episode. And as always, stay strange. I must have absolute silence. Excelsior! Oh. <laughs> Someday I'll find out what that means. <laughs>